Hi there, and welcome to Blaze Explains. I've been away a while now. Uh, we had to go away for a family emergency, so I have put Blaze Explains on hold. But now I am back. We're going to have an episode today that we've actually had prepared for some time, although we've updated updated one or two elements of it. It's about the kind of stories that you see in the press all the time, but it's also about how these are present kind of in our everyday lives all the time. Today we discuss lying and dishonesty. And if you haven't heard the story of Anna Delvey, let me tell it to you. Anna Delvey was not a real person. The real person was Anna Sorokin, a fraudster who pretended to be this rich heiress on the New York social scene who claimed to have a $60 million fortune behind her, defrauded people, lived this jet-set lifestyle, was in all the society uh, pictures, um, left massive hotel bills unpaid, got other people to pay them for her, saying she'd pay them back, uh, just pretty much everything. And she was busted, and she um, was sentenced to jail in a very public trial, and she is now out. She got out in February, and she's got a Netflix series, and she'll obviously have to pay people back. But the question here is really focused on the argument that her lawyer made in, in the trial. Now, here's an extract of an extensive quote from her defense lawyer, Todd Spodek, to the Daily Telegraph. A year on from the trial, it's a take, this is his view, that he stands by. In today's culture, lying is so prevalent in order to get to the next step, he tells me. Whether it be portraying yourself as someone you're not on social media, or expanding your work experience on your resume or LinkedIn profile, pretending you're a certain type of person on online dating, or trying to obtain capital in business meetings, puffing is permitted and accepted. So here's the thing. Now, she's obviously made herself grandiose and she is young. She's served her time. She has a Netflix deal and arguably will become one of the biggest social media followings in the world when the time comes. And if you look at, well, what is a, how much does a graduate degree cost? Would it be worth a short stint in jail to get the Instagram following and career boost that entails? If business reputation doesn't matter, then yes, notoriety is useful if you can parlay it properly. All publicity is good publicity. And that's worrying, especially in the way that we do have to, we all, I guess, to a degree, lie, even when we're trying to be honest about who we are on social media, which is rather the nature of the beast. But to try to give this podcast some focus, I'm going to try to balance the needs of reputation and how one could do it, and and break it down into certain different elements. So, business reputation, well, she doesn't care about that. Maybe she'll get some branding deals down the line, maybe she'll launch a business, she'll be a reformed character. Everyone likes a narrative arc in their reality characters. Business reputation does matter, but some still lie. Volkswagen and the emissions scandal, they lied about that. And literally today, Mitsubishi Electric, its boss, resigning over fake tests. So that That's deceit, right? This is lying. But what is everyday lying? 
before we even researched for this episode, something I knew it was going to feature was um, a clip from the film Interstellar. If you have seen it or, or you need reminding or you haven't seen it, TARS is this robot, this robot system that he has in the uh, spaceship with him. Uh, stands for something. And um, this is an exchange they have. Cooper, hey, TARS, what's your honesty parameter? TARS, 90%. 90%, says Cooper. TARS says, absolute honesty isn't always the most diplomatic nor the safest form of communication with emotional beings. Cooper, okay, 90% it is. Immanuel Kant perceived all deliberate deception as ethically wrong, while Thomas Aquinas thought that all lies were wrong, but there were hierarchies some where some lies were helpful and therefore pardonable. This will come up. And now this quote. Nature is awash with deceit. The philosopher David Livingston Smith writes early in his book, Why We Lie, The Evolutionary Roots of Deception and the Unconscious Mind. Sometimes benevolent lying is even seen as the more ethical option. Levine, speaking to the BBC, says, Across my research, I find that people welcome, many people welcome and appreciate lies that are told to benefit them. For instance, employees believe that their colleagues should shield them from feedback that they cannot implement and will only serve to hurt their feelings. And oncology patients appreciate false hope more than their oncologists realize. And I think the kind lie comes in there. And, I, and, and I'd almost argue that assuming that we operate with a level of integrity and ethical certainty, that this isn't part of what we're really talking about. So let's move on. Lying for jobs. Kroll's Nashville-based background screening division found 48% Discrepancy on all the job applications it reviews. This is from military.com. So military.com also says, well, what is an okay lie? A, leaving short stints of employment off the resume. Okay. B, choosing one skill to highlight over another. That's a really important thing because what you highlight, you know, could be construed as a lie if you choose to, but if, if it's the thing that's most relevant for the role, or relevant for the for the medium in which you are communicating, then it does make sense. I mean, after all, what is a news article other than something where you're choosing to highlight one factor over another? You begin with the most pertinent fact that happened that day, and you move on to the background that explains the context, and you go into further detail. It wouldn't make sense to start with some of the further detail. It wouldn't it wouldn't work. A survey of 1,003 people by Go Banking Rates found that 85% of people said they never lied on their resume. 9% tempted, but they didn't do it. And 5% admitted that they had done it. And there have been cases of major, the heads of major charities, organizations, who just created entirely false resumes with master's degrees, doctorates, with everything that they didn't have on there, and got the job. According to CNBC, millennials are tw are twice as likely to lie compared to other generations. Now, what exactly are people lying about on their resume? 
According to CNBC, it's work experience, that's 38%, and dates of employment, 31%. More men than women lie about job history, men at 41%, women at 31%, but more more women are lying about their dates of employment compared to men, men at 19%, women at 41%. A survey by Chexter found that 78% of job seekers lie during the hiring process. I think I've been in this position where people, I, I find it very hard to get interviews when I was trying to get hired because people wouldn't believe, because to be honest, I, I was honest, very honest about everything, including, uh, you know, the gaps that were me freelancing or me traveling um, about what they were, what I was doing, but I realized that when I actually got through to people, they basically said, well, we almost didn't speak to you because your CV just didn't seem believable. So I think what happens is people are homogenizing their CVs to get through processes that are increasingly uh, suspect. You're very suspicious of people who apply because anybody can so easily uh, via the internet. And um, as an employer, I have experience with that. Um, The second thing is... um, uh, that so often CVs are being screened by uh, AI systems to you know because if you have to sort through five thousand CVs you just can't do it. So, but if you if it's set to for example get rid of a gap, if anybody who has a gap or has something unusual, they're like right out. You know, I'd be get I'd be getting thrown out because of that. But I don't want to turn around and lie. So I actually think a large portion of that is almost a requirement. And this is, I guess, a reflection of the internet age, is when you're being judged by an algorithm, um, you are forced to game the algorithm rather than hold your integrity together. I hope that with the development of the internet, this will eventually go away. We are still in its infancy, really. Only one in three hiring managers would not hire someone who lied during the hiring process. The remaining 66% were willing to hire someone despite inflated claims. So most people, two-thirds, would hire them even if they had slightly inflated it. Because they expect it. How sad. However, roughly 50% of hiring managers would not hire someone who lied during a background check. 50% though? Yeah. Industries with the most honest workers, according to CNBC2, hotel and food service, healthcare and social assistance, education, government. Hmm. Research by Guinea and Levine found, this is from the early BBC report, found that 84% of the participants chose to hire deceivers for a task high in selling orientation, and 74% chose to hire honest people for task, tasks in low selling orientation. Basically, to sell, uh, people tend to, well, it's a grey area, is how I often find it, and I think this is why a lot of people struggle with sales, people both within companies and without them is because of their um, tendency to lie. And I think without going too close to home here, I have experience of this in all formats. Lying for sales. So why do sales people lie? A, they don't know their product. They don't. I've had salespeople who just never even bothered to get to know it. They just didn't understand it. And when I looked at what they were trying to sell, they didn't understand it. B, they are too empathetic. I tried to sell. I've had people who've done this who just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it, um, to be honest, until I, until I was selling on myself. Are the ideas that I understood because I couldn't, you know, I could sell that with my heart and it was obvious. And C, they're only focused on the money. 
Again, if you entice people with money, you get the people who just want the easiest route. Engage Selling found that only 10% are top performers and 20% are underperformers. The rest, the other 70% of salespeople are average. Steve Gaffney says, It's not always reasonable to expect complete honesty. Instead, organizations should, sh- should strive for the state of foreshadowing honesty. In this state, which is at the pinnacle of this honesty pyramid, organizations can get ahead of potential problems and thereby create future opportunities that otherwise wouldn't exist by sharing possible problems that might emerge. Here we go. Even if there's currently nothing wrong with a prospect relationship, foreshadowing honesty enables organizations to get ahead of potential problems and create future opportunities that otherwise wouldn't exist. Sixty-eight percent of stats in marketing promotion are made up. Well, I jumped ahead there a little bit, actually. Creating future opportunities that otherwise don't exist. Well, I guess that's where the line between honesty and making a necessary sales pitch starts to, uh, I guess, match up. Sixty-eight percent of stats in marketing promotion are made up, including some very public ones. For example, Colgate stated that 80% of dentists endorsed Colgate. What they don't tell customers is dentists are allowed to endorse more than one brand. That is a good point. It's a lie by omission. How do salespeople lie and convince themselves they aren't lying? They lie through omission. Lying through omission is when someone deliberately and knowingly withholds information that could be beneficial to the buyer. When someone withholds information in order to influence a decision, that's lying through omission. So moving on from sales, where we all kind of expect it, there's lying in fundraising, and this is important given how many people are spending time raising funds. Six reasons why you shouldn't lie to your investors. A. Investors work with a lot of different people and they can detect lies very well. B. There's a due diligence process done by lawyers and analysts. You will most likely get caught in the process. C. Investors, especially former entrepreneurs, always know that there is something wrong in a new business. They would rather know where the fault is than be told that there isn't one. D. Especially in the early stages of a startup, investors don't just invest in the companies, but the people behind them. That's who they're investing in, you. Not the company, not the product. It's you. E, investors are people who help you. Would you lie to people that put themselves behind you? And F, startup and venture capital is a people game. You will most likely encounter the same people again. Quote from Rocket Space, first-time founders of startups can fall victim to one of the biggest lies told to entrepreneurs, that scaling fast is the key to success. So this, that pressure to, to lie isn't necessarily actually there. Now, Forbes' Nathan Fur says, the number, one de- uh, the number one cause of startup death is premature scaling. In the world where only 10% of startups succeed, running out of cash is the most common reason funding f- funded startups fold. So you need to make sure your idea works. 
Raising money without lying. A. Tell the truth about traction and user growth. There's a famous saying that startups equal growth. This is all from Entrepreneur. The truth is, in reality, startups don't often equal growth. Yet, if your particular strategy, startup doesn't have enough traction to capture investors' attention, the best strategy, aside from telling the truth, should be to focus on the story you tell and how your concept will capture and own its respective market. The best way to do this is to focus on the total addressable market rather than what you're doing right now. Remember this. Investors call one another for referee. Many times founders think that they can lie a bit about which investors are already in the round to group in other investors. This slight misstatement is eventually obviated in a short period of time. Investors are a small community. They often call one another for reference checks. Instead, founders should say, a particular investor has a clear and principled commitment to funding a startup but has not made a firm commitment yet. Another strategy is to ask the investor why he or she cares who else is committed. They could just be testing to see if you're actually going to lie. Now, here's the more traditional one that we see uh, portrayed in film and on TV. That's lying in corporate life. Accenture's Competitive Agility Index found that 54% of the companies they surveyed experienced a material drop in trust. That equates to $180 billion in missed revenue. That's Harvard Business Review there. Four ways lying become the norm become the norm in a company, according to Harvard Business Review. First, a lack of strategic clarity. When there isn't consistency between an organization's stated mission, objectives, and values, and the way it is actually experienced by employees in the marketplace, we found it is 2.83 times more likely to have people withhold or distort truthful information. And once that starts happening, it's kind of a, a snowball effect. Once people start agreeing the lie, it gets worse and worse. An unjust accountability system, when an organization's processes for measuring employee contributions are perceived to be unfair or unjust, we found it is 3.77 times more likely to have people withhold or distort information. No surprise here. If you're not going to get rewarded for doing a good job, then you just get into the game. Honesty. If honesty doesn't pay, lying will. Poor organizational governance. When there is no effective process to gather decision makers into honest conversations about tough issues, truth is forced underground, leaving the organization to rely on rumors and gossip. Weak cross-functional collaboration. When cross-functional rivalry or unhealthy conflict is left unaddressed, an organization is 5.82 times more likely to have people withhold or distort truthful information. A 10% increase in strategic clarity can improve truth-telling behavior by 5%. A 20% improvement in performance management consistency can improve truth-telling behavior by 12%. Meetings are often seen as a waste of time. 71% of senior managers viewed meetings as unproductive and inefficient. 20, well, imagine if they'd studied Zoom meetings. 23% improvement in governance effectiveness yields 10% improvement in truth-telling behavior. A 25% improvement in cross-departmental collaboration as evidenced by employees reporting that efforts were effectively coordinating across were effectively coordinated across organizational boundaries led to a 17% improvement in truth-telling behaviors. So basically, teamwork makes the dream work. You work closely with each other, you work you don't work in silos and this and this means that you're more likely to tell the truth to each other. So I think being able to do that 
is important. Now, here's the most common lying that we see today. Lying on social media. In a study by Hancock, Toma, and Ellison, two-thirds of participants admitted they lied about their weight. Psychology Today. In a survey by Custard.com, 43% of men admitted to making up facts about themselves and their lives online. The same survey also found that only 18% of men and 19% of women reported their Facebook profile as a true reflection of themselves. 32% said they only share the non-boring aspects of their lives, while 14% said they are not as active as they look like on social media. A survey of 2,000 Brits, more than 75% admitted to lying about themselves in social profiles. That's naked security. A study by the Future Foundation found that 56% of British social media uh, users feel they are not reaching their full potential compared to 39% of people who don't use social media. So yeah, it increases depression, anxiety, negative self-image. And the main perceived shortcomings fell in the areas of body image, career, energy levels, and mood. It's media posts saying this. And then CBC says, people were most likely to be honest on social media sites like Facebook compared to dating sites and anonymous chat sites. No surprise there. Our expectations about others' honesty tend to mirror our beliefs about our own honesty. In other words, on sites where we believe we're being honest, we're more likely to expect honesty from others. Definitely true. 55 to 90% of people surveyed by CBC believe that others are lying at some time on social media, whether it, whether it is about their age, gender, activities, interests, and appearance. The most commonly expected lie is appearance. Others said that they lied because they just thought everyone else lies online. This is the place where lying is standard. Research suggests there's a difference between the lies we tell face-to-face and the lies we tell online. Face-to-face lies are often spontaneous, whereas online lies can require more planning. They're more calculated. It took the truth about six times as long as falsehood to reach 1,500 peoples, according to NBC News. This is an experiment that they ran. Here's the thing is, social media spreads information so quickly and effectively, it's taken as truth even when it is clearly a lie. Which is a shame, really. But this, is, this happens all the time. And I think understanding that honesty is important... Um, and actually having that encouraged through social media, hopefully this will eventually change. I think it'll have to get to a point where dishonesties become so ingrained that it people develop enough of a disdain for it and they don't fall for it anymore, that what you can do is is be so brutally honest that there's no way that you're not lying and have that be the way forward. And I think that's kind of like the no-filter thing. That should be the standard way in which we communicate with each other. But it's going to be difficult, because how do you evaluate people at scale like that? It's if you think that they're being honest and authentic. Because it can't be an algorithm, because algorithms get things wrong all the time, and we see this all all the time. Moving on. Lying by omission. Coming towards the end here of our recording, but... I had a few clear points I just wanted to make. You can't mindlessly list facts when you're trying to relay information. You make choices so you don't waste people's time. And then you also guide people's conclusions. That's the essence of journalism. It's the essence of sales. It's the essence of conveying information in an, a, a time-effective manner. 
and it allows you to digest what you need to digest in order of priority. So that's why we're able to do this, because it means we can convey the most important information to each other and find agreement socially. Evolutionarily, that's clearly why we, why we are able to do it. You know, our social abilities, this, this is part of it, and it's crucial. And the half-truths lying for a better light. Well, when we lie to ourselves, I mean, Christ, if we were honest to ourselves, brutally honest every time, how would anybody get up and get up in the morning? Well, maybe some, somebody would, but it would be, you'd have to learn to live with yourself. But that means you have to look at the glass half full. But what if the glass is, is 0.1% more empty than it is full? Does that mean you give up? No, you convince yourself that you can do something. But usually that makes means that thing is true. And if you are selling a solution to someone and you're not lying completely, but you're lying a bit by omission, but as you know, but that it's that future moment that you're selling, even if they don't know it. Once you get there, if you've solved the problem for them, you weren't wrong. And here's the thing. To get from zero to one is unbelievably difficult. To start a business, to get there, to get the initial funding, and to get from zero to one, you know, if you want someone to go on a date with you and you've never been on a date and you try to be cooler than you really are, you might say that you've done something cool even though it's not really true. Well, did you get the date? What if you ended up marrying the person? Now that's, you know, a soft example, but lying as a founder to an investor, bad idea because they're looking for people and they also know what they're talking about. Inflating statistics, if GlaxoSmithKline, or I think they own Colgate, is doing it, you know, and, and, and that's a mild lie with their statistic as opposed to others who are actually completely lying about what their machines can do and about whether or not they're doing tests. How do you argue against companies that are not revealing or inflating their own statistics about their performance or just not revealing their performance statistics at all? in case it affects people opinion, people's opinion of them or their valuation or their ability to raise funds. I think understanding the grey area and how to fall on it is the most important thing, but I think this is where having a strong moral character and the ability to be honest and the ability to, to find the balance within it is most important. And that is where I think a lot of this is going to go. In an age where you have this much information that can get out that quickly, where there's so much lying that can be told, can be done, being brutally honest about yourself and one's abilities and what you plan to do will eventually become the norm. Because if it doesn't, then what we'll do instead is create entirely false narratives that we create to each other that will then be accepted as the false narrative that we tell. So in a way would be accepted as part of our truth anyway. Well, it's been fun to be back and recording again. A nice short and sweet one here. Not too much riffing, but I'm just glad to get one under the belt after the months that we've had off. I hope everybody is well out there. Thanks so much for joining us. And see you next time on Blaze Explains. And if you have any ideas, don't forget to let us know. Take care.